What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, DiMato Bono. Fellas, how are we feeling? Got a, another rebuilding pod. Today, we have the team who does hold the number one pick now, the Chicago Bears. Fellas, how are we feeling? I'm feeling good. My uh, season disappointment depression has faded, and it's on to draft season. That's what Love I that. fucking live for. So. Love that. Let's go. <laughs> you look good. Thanks, you bro. Do. You do. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. You do. Um, we, we we saw the numbers on the Houston Texans pod, and it seems like you guys like this stuff. I'm hoping that we can do, like, instead of 10, maybe we do, like, I don't know, 15. But really excited to do this one. Um, Continuing the same outline today, fellas? Absolutely. Cool. I love it. Yeah, so really, un- really unfortunate for uh... – the team we did last time, the the Houston Texans, and we said it was a possibility with the Indianapolis Colts absolutely reeling, and Lovey Smith just getting it, just getting canned out the door. But he said, "Not so fast. I'm going to take a 90 yard drive, and I'm going to go for two. Yeah, guys, over. That I'll be honest. What, love that, Lovey. What a way to go out. Honestly, went out on his fucking shield. I'm not even kidding. Guy has a hog." <laughs> A massive hog. That was so dope to see. It really was. It's so cool because we, I mean, I think Ray was calling it, I think, like, at least a month ago that he was probably definitely going to be just a one and done again. I I hate it, dude. I I know you hate it, but you called it, I think. I feel like, I think the reason that they did it with Lovey, I mean, just before we get into the Bears, I feel like because he was the interim, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, The year that the other guy got fired. Yeah. So I think maybe they just didn't want to keep the continuity and I guess wait until this cycle, but like it's just so stupid. I feel like you're just wasting time. Um, but yeah, fuck it. Let's get into the Bears. Yeah. So good for the Bears. They now have the number one pick. Uh first year of Ryan Poles in the Matt Ibuflus era. I don't think anybody really expected this team to make the playoffs, but it was a big year in the sense that it was Justin Fields' second year in the league. They wanted to see some progress, some improvement. And Poles also made the big offseason trade, trading Khalil Mack to the Chargers for a second-round pick. So it was a fresh start for a new regime. Um, They did not have a first-round pick in the 2022 draft because of the trade-up for Fields. And then they went defensive backs to start the draft with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker in the second round when we really all thought they needed offensive line and wide receiver help. And And I think this season really showed that. Um, this this team really struggled in the trenches all year on both sides of the ball. They allowed the fourth most sacks. They had the highest sack percentage on dropbacks since 2002 with over 13%. Um, and this is back-to-back years that they've led the league in that category. So absolutely brutal on the offensive line. On defense, they had the fewest sacks, which is 20. They were dead last in pressure percentage on and QB hits. So both trenches need to get stronger. That has to be an area of improvement for this team and an area of need desperately. Um, but this team really starts and ends with Justin Fields right now. It was an up-and-down year, especially passing, uh, but they really unlock something with his legs. He finished as the, the seventh-ranked total rusher with just over 1,100 yards. So we'll see where this offense is moving forward in this new we didn't really think Justin Fields was a running quarterback coming out of college. He really didn't have to do too much of that at Ohio State, but um, this is where the Chicago Bears are. Ray, this team, I feel, does have some pieces, but they are still a long way away from competing and, and being a, a solid playoff team. How do you feel about the direction 
of the Chicago Bears, especially I know you you don't like the running quarterbacks at all and you don't think that wins you playoff games. Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to tank, just look at what the Bears do and just be absolutely anemic on both in both trenches. And that's the good that's probably the best way to start. Um, yeah, I mean, I think long term uh running you said that like like you said, coming out of college fields wasn't that much of a a runner, but I feel like that was more the offensive scheme they were in. They like Ohio State always just pushes the ball down the field. His athleticism was always like evident, but he was never the um uh Braxton Miller or JT Barrett type runner. I mean, his this year, like the passing was obviously not that good. I think he had what, seventeen touchdowns, eleven picks, but you can't deny the eleven hundred rushing yards. It's it's the dynamic playmaker. And when you have a team that has a negative offensive line, like that's kind of what you need. You kind of need so right. I mean, it's literally just it's a revolving door up, up front. Uh, not putting him in the best place to win, especially as a passer. Like you need some time to go through your reads and everything. Um, my big concern with him coming out was he has a kind of like a long, uh, throw, longer throwing motion too, which doesn't help. And especially with that Ohio State offense, it's more. I don't want to say one reads, but like it's, it's there's like their offense is designed to get people open. So he didn't have to really work the his reads that much. But in the NFL, what he did was if he it wasn't there, he just took off and it worked for him. So it's definitely a good place to start. I'm curious to see what's going on in that front office right now, though, whether they're considering uh what Mike Tannenbaum proposed on ESPN the other day or not. But mm-hmm. um yeah, but to go along with him, I think Khalil Herbert's a good really good player. Um most likely Montgomery is going to be gone. I guess we'll talk about that later, but Khalil Herbert ran for 700 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. Uh, real, a nice young player. I think what this was his second year, if I'm not mistaken. So he's definitely going to be a uh, part of that rotation next year as well. So I think that's a good place to start for them in their backfield with uh, fields and Herbert running the ball. Yeah. Dean, how are you feeling about this direction of where Chicago need needs to go um, and where they are right now with some of their current pieces? Yeah, no, Ray said it perfectly that if you want to orchestrate the perfect fucking tank uh, program and just really kind of acquire a ton of draft capital that is extremely meaningful at the top of the top of the draft, then you have to be just horrible in both sides of the trenches. The bad part of that is, though, when you're horrible on both sides of the trenches, that it's really, really, really hard to hit consistently and then really kind of build those pieces and build those units up. So I'm interested to see how they tackle them. When I actually look back on the 2022 draft and we were saying that there's no shot that in the first two picks in the second round, which were towards the, towards the front end, we, we thought it was definitely no matter what, even if there wasn't adequate talent there that it would need to address the O-line in some capacity because it was brutal in 2021. Looking back at it, the picks were pretty solid still. They went back-to-back in the secondary with uh, Kyler Gordon, your boy sauce, and then Jaquan Brisker, which I I think is a solid pick. There really wasn't much to take, honestly. In the on the uh on the trenches on the uh in the front side in the offense. So those, in my opinion, are going to end up being good picks for them. But this year will need to be their year where they address that heavily. I would be shocked if they don't. I think that this needs to be a trade back. I know we're going to go into discussions of it, and I, I can't help myself. I kind of want to just talk about it now. But uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I, 
it, honestly, they just need to do a lot. This team is fucking brutal on both sides of the ball. Not only do they need to obviously bolster that, they need to get him pass catchers because Chase Claypool, I do not think, is going to be the answer. Yeah, they, they've just done a lot of questionable things. And, I mean, we looked back at the at the draft last year. I'll, I'm going to read out um, kind of what they did last year. So we had mentioned Kyler Gordon uh, went 39th in the second round. Brisker went 48th. Um, and these are spots, I mean, they needed pass catchers and they needed offensive linemen. George Pickens went after both of them. Sky Moore went after both of them. Alec Pierce went after them in the second round. Um, some offensive line, Cam Jurgens and Ed Ingram. So there were some good players that were out there. I do think Brisker had a really good year. Um, Kyler Gordon struggled, but I do believe in him. I, he was one of my we're big, we're big Kyler Gordon fans. Yeah, he, he was, was a, he was a top, he was a top four corner for me coming out. Um, Love so, my jujitsu brothers, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I I do believe that he will be a good player, but. Um, it was really questionable with the with the way they went in that second round last year after not having a first round pick. Um, after those two guys, they took Valus Jones in the third round, which was crazy enough that they finally took a receiver. But they took a receiver that's not really a receiver. He was more of a specialist, and he's a kick returner, punt returner for them. Um, he had seven catches for 107 yards in 10 games this year, and he, he had lost a big three, run. He lost three fumbles. Oof. He had seven catches, and he lost three fumbles. Holy shit. That's absolutely crazy. Um, our boy Abe Lucas was picked one pick after him, too. Would have been a really nice building block for them. Um, we said we said when they were on the board, we were at your house, I think, for the third round, and we were banging the table saying that this is for sure Abe Lucas. That was definitely a fucking blunder. Yeah, big time. Um, and then after Valus Jones, they went Braxton Jones uh, in the fifth round, who actually has been a bright spot for this team. He has a PFF grade of 75 playing left tackle for them. He does have a ton of sacks let up and hurries this year, but he's been really solid for a fifth rounder as a, a plug and play left tackle. So he could be a piece for them on their offensive line come next year. And then massive bright spot that they got at the end of this year after trading Roquan Smith, um, undrafted Jack Sanborn linebacker was leading the league in tackles uh, up until last week. He, he was injured. Um, but he's he was great filling in for Roquan Smith. So he's also going to be a piece moving forward. I do think they need to get stronger in that linebacker group too, but he is another guy that you can have it's, there. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sauce. It's it's so hard. He he really does. He looks like he's all over the place. I will say, just to play devil's advocate, obviously a guy who went who was very, very productive in college and went undrafted for a reason off of his traits. You know, he's not the most athletic guy. He didn't test very well. And it made sense why he kind of went undrafted. He definitely, in my opinion, made a good case to definitely be drafted in the back end of uh, the draft. But, you know, when you don't, you know, when you let every rush and every pass get into the second level, then, it, it you know, it's obviously true. tackle numbers are going to be inflated. That is true. Um, he does have a really good, like, wrap-up rate. Um, so he is playing strong in the middle of that defense, but – uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down in terms of, uh, 2021, 2021 and 2020, um, some notable guys that they have, obviously Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins were in the 2021 draft. Tevin Jenkins, the move to guard has been good for him. He was getting absolutely torched at tackle last year. 
And then guys like Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, and Darnell Mooney are pieces that they have moving forward. Cole Komet, I, I really like what Cole, they got in Cole Komet. Um, he's already had three years, which, so, I mean, he's going to be up for an extension soon. If I don't know what kind of loyalty this regime has to him, but he's only he's going to be 24 in uh, March. He's a good they, player. He really, I, I mean, what he had 60 catches last, uh, like, I guess two years ago, 50-something this year. He's the leading receiver, uh, seven touchdowns. He's a big body, 6'6", 260. Uh, I feel like him and Fields have had a real nice rapport. That's someone I feel like they should think about uh, keeping around for the long haul. He's still young. He's plenty of upside. Um, and then you mentioned Darnell Mooney. I mean, at receiver, they have players like Darnell Mooney. You said Vilas Jones. And then trading a first-round pick, essentially, for Chase Pool when he had, like, 12 catches during his last, like, eight games is banana bill. Um, they really lack that number one receiver on the outside. I know you like Darnell Mooney a lot more than I do. I think he's more of a chess piece as well. Uh, take the top off the D, which you could use, but I mean, you need, let's be real. You need it. Sorry. But um, I think they need someone uh, better for fields in those underneath uh, areas. I would, I mean, I'll talk about it later, but I'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do like Darnell Mooney. I think he could be a number two on a team. Um, I do think he, has shown that he can be more than a than a field stretcher. I just don't think the way that this offense has run in the last two years with Justin Fields kind of highlight that. Um, so we'll see moving forward. If they bolster this offensive line and they do get somebody else opposite him, I do think he could um, you know, ha- have a more expanded role and maybe run a little bit more routes than he normally does. Um, we'll kind of move in towards their free agency stuff right now. In terms of needs, offensive line, defensive line, we really harped on that, but wide receiver for sure. A linebacker, I think, is is necessary, and I also think they need an, another corner. I think Jalen Johnson is a really good player, but I think he'd be better served as a number two than a number one. And this team is loaded with cap space. They got, They have it all. They are $111 million in cap space, almost double- the next closest team, the most projected, obviously. Um, I saw it was around 113, but that's just me being a stickler. Sorry. I don't nah, know. it's all good. Uh, <laughs> in terms of notable guys, it's really just David Montgomery and Nicholas Morrow, their linebacker. Um, guys I'm, a like big, I'm a big fan of Nicholas Morrow. I wanted the Jets to get him a couple of years ago, um, and he really fucking balled out this year. I think he had over 100 tackles. He's um. He's kind of he's good mobile too. I think he's a little undersized, which is probably why he goes under the radar. But I feel like someone like him, you gotta keep around if I'm uh Chicago. He's still pretty young, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he played really well at that strong side linebacker position for them. And he won't I mean, he's not gonna cost much. I'd assume like three years, fifteen million, maybe you could probably get him for if I had to guess, with obviously like some guarantees and bonuses worked in. Yeah, right. he's he's twenty seven and a half. He'll be twenty eight before before uh next season starts. So I could I could see that being he he would be on the cheaper side for sure. Right. Um, some other guys like Sam, Sam Mustafer is playing center for them right now. Could also be retained for depth. Um, how, how do you guys feel about their current free agents and who they're going to bring back? Ray, I know you said they could possibly let David Montgomery walk because they do like Khalil Herbert. How are you feeling about these guys? Yeah, I think Montgomery is as good as gone personally. Um, I think he, he hasn't really been like he's more of a bruiser. I feel like he, I think he only had like average like four, four and change a carry. Uh, he's constantly um, banged up on the IR. So I'm assuming he's someone they're going to let walk, especially because, like I said, he's old, it's the older regime too. They don't, they're not really uh, tied to him at all. Um, I just said Nicholas Mara. I think they should um, 
retain. Besides that, I mean, one thing, good thing about being this shitty, you don't really have to retain too many guys. Uh, Riley Reeves are getting on the older side, and like we said, those tackles haven't played well in, like to begin with, so he's probably gone. Uh, and maybe yeah, extra. And leaving. then St. Brown, he's free agent, but that's again, that's an old regime. I don't think I feel like they're going to clean house. They want to bring in their guys, so I guess that's that's a positive for them. Right. Um, some other guys I was kind of looking at Cody Whitehair. Um, possible, well, that's, that, that, yeah, he's a possible cap guy, right? Possible cut guy. Um, it's eight million in dead cap, but when you got a hundred, when you got a hundred eleven million in cap space, does it really matter? Yeah, but I mean, he's been he's been pretty decent for them, right? I mean, I think they, I think I read somewhere that they can clear six, whether they cut them now and then potentially another two if they designate it post June first. Which I mean, I don't know how that shit works. Those intangibles, the cap is just such a fucking mirage. But I did read that he could be as good as gone. Which I mean, I think if you have that bad of an offensive line, it doesn't hurt. But I don't know. Yeah, on the wrong on the wrong side of thirty, and I I did see his PFF grades. They weren't they weren't horrible, but um, I was looking at some advanced stats that were just not good. So maybe you do keep him around for depth, and uh, you know, look to mentor some of the younger guys, but. Um, could be uh, a guy that they look to move. I think someone else too. Uh, I don't even know who. I think he's an edge. Al Kadeen Muhammad. Mm-hmm. No, no idea who he is, but it's a, it's an easy four mil. I think there's no dead cap. I think it's like four and a half mil. Uh, cap hit half mil dead cap. So that's guys as good as gone too. All right. All right. So that is their free agents. Let's look at some possible free agents they could look to bring in. Right. Who's number one on your list for this team that they need to bring in? I feel like we're going to have the same number one, but maybe I'm mistaken. Uh, maybe. I think Mike, Mike McGlinchey. Maybe. I also had Mike McGlinchey on my list. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, he's still, I think, relatively young, I want to say. I, I don't have his age. He's 28. Down. Yeah, um, fucking Midwest guy. Went to Notre Dame. I think he's from Pennsylvania. Uh, bring him back to the cold weather. I mean, he's been a little banged up, but... Like we said, they need to fucking fix these tackle positions ASAP. He's a fucking – he's massive, like 6'8", uh, pretty good at pass protection. I don't know exactly how scheme translates. I know he's been playing San Francisco, that wide uh, that, uh, wide zone offense. Uh, Eberflis, whatever, however you pronounce it, and then that OC whose name escapes me for a second, uh, Getze. I think Getze was with the Packers too. So, I mean – Obviously, long ways removed, but they all run that similar scheme. I feel like everyone in the NFL runs it, so it should be able to fit. Um, and like I said, like I think it just makes sense. I think it probably costs just based off some of these contracts I've been getting. Like Conklin got like four for sixty, so for someone like him, I would think maybe like you got to overpay You're the Bears probably like five for around eighty-ish. I would assume someone like McGlinchey, and you have the cap, so uh, protect your fucking franchise quarterback. Like I said, uh, and just get that done. I think that's number one. Right. Spending is not the issue for them. They can really go out and pay whoever they want, and they can pay more than anybody. Well, you're going to need overpay. You're gonna for guys that they really want. Right. And, you know, they can. Um, I also had Mike McGlinchey down as one of my top two guys. Uh, just looking at some of the other tackles, Orlando Brown's a free agent. Um, he's a possibility. And then I also liked uh, Caleb, Caleb Gray. Uh, from Atlanta, they declined his fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. He was second PFF run-blocking grade this year. Um, so for a team that likes to pound the rock, could be a possible fit to play yeah. right tackle for them. Um, and then kind of switching over trenches, 
D-line. I mean, we brought up Deron Payne so yeah, much he last might, time. He's number two on my list, too. For the Houston Texans. I mean, he's just a good fit on any team. He's a really good football player, and they need desperately somebody in the middle. I don't um, see him getting out of there, though. Yeah. it'll. I mean, for a team that can pay you whatever you want, you never know. Um, well, I mean, I think he's going to get tagged. Right. Um, some other guys on the on the D line that I also had listed, uh, Javon Hargrave, who who we had mentioned, Zach Allen, who I I really like, could kind of play inside, play outside for this team, um, and possibly Yannick Ngakwe, um, who I feel like at every stop on every team that he goes to, he gets ten well. gets ten sacks. Plays um, well. I don't get how I, I don't get how he hasn't found a home. He's become one of the the, the most notable like journeymen in the league. He just besides you know that's not a quarterback he's I feel like he's has a new team every year and like you said he he performs well um I'm not entirely sure why he hasn't really found a home for for more than two years and you know ever since Jack Jacksonville right but uh, I will I was I will say one guy we haven't discussed and a guy that I brought up for the Texans I I do like this a lot when uh, a, a team that obviously wants to get younger but also establish some sort of continuity, but also kind of swing for the fences sometimes on a first round talent who hasn't really played out as well. A, a guy that I, that I uh, pointed out for the Texans and one that I like here is, is edge Marcus Davenport, you know, former first rounder um, at a UTSA and just a guy that, you know, hasn't really, you know, hit his stride, but someone you could definitely get some meaningful snaps out of and can play in a solid role and potentially even, you know, kind of start to live up to that potential a little bit more and become become a solid, you know, long haul rebuilding piece that you could have for a while. He's only 26. And I do love that you brought up McGarry, um, you know, former again, another former first rounder. He's a guy who, like you said, has a has a great uh, rushing grade. And, you know, for a team that Matty Uberflus basically came in last year and said that he's going to bring the Shanahan offense to that you know, we know very well likes to dominate the the trenches and really bring a dynamic run game with some, you know, tricky offensive plays to get really speed guys in space and have really athletic tackles out there, run outside and, you know, go into the second level of the defense. McGarry's definitely going to be that kind of guy for you. So I, I put down those two personally. Right. Who are some other guys you, you were looking at? Um, I like Dean was saying, you know how he was saying, like, uh, like early picks you haven't lived up to their potential. I feel like rebuilding teams, you kind of want to target those younger guys who have a little bit disappointed. Maybe a change of scenery, a uh, different scheme can help. So, uh, one person I was thinking, uh, especially if they don't resign Morrow, like Devin Bush, uh, I feel like Michigan guy again, Midwest cold weather, used to playing like in that, uh, in that weather. Um, he's been on the Steelers a little disappointing for where he was picked, obviously top 10. I don't think he, they declined his fifth-year option. I'm pretty sure this was only his fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little undersized. I feel like he never really made sense in that uh, 3-4 scheme, like where he has the two-gap. I think going to a, a team like uh, and a defense like Eberflus, Eberflus's, I guess that's how you would say it, uh, <laughs> a little under – so you put him at like weak side linebacker, let him hit the gaps hard, let him use his athleticism. Uh, I think a change of scenery would be good for him. Maybe like a short-term deal too. Yeah, another linebacker that I had written down. Um, I feel like the Titans absolutely love him, but David Long Jr. has played awesome this year. And that's a team that they're kind of in no man's land where they could tear it down or they True. could try to make a, a move to to keep this core together. 
Um, but he's a really good player, and I feel like he's going to command a lot on the open market if Tennessee can't retain him. Um, some other guy, I had Levante David written down as well, but not sure if he wants to go to a rebuilding team. Uh, I could also see Tampa tearing it down after this year. Um, some other guys I just had written down. Um, this wide receiver market is is absolutely brutal, so I don't know if you want to go out and pay Juju or pay Jacoby Myers. Um, I'm taking it to the cornerbacks right now. Um, a bunch of really good players. James Bradbury, Jonathan Jones, Cam Sutton, Jamel Dean, who I think will probably go back to Tampa Bay. Um, Chum Murphy Bunting, who is also on Tampa Bay. They're going to have to let one of those guys go. He's a good player. And Byron Murphy, another good corner. Um, so there are some young corners that they can add with Jalen Johnson. Um, try to bolster this back half of this defense as well. Um we're a couple this, of guys. I think that they should be. On this is an interesting, interesting free agency. Uh, I feel like it has a, a sneaky amount of depth, really kind of uh, mid talent wise. Mm-hmm. Um, really, not a lot of big names at the top that that I could think of. Especially since you know we just had Roquan sign a deal. He probably would have been up there as one of the big guys. But I find David Long Jr. I didn't even think of him. That's a really, really good call sauce because you know he's a guy who's potentially going to be a you know second team All Pro kind of guy. He had an awesome season. He was huge for that Mike Vrabel defense, and he was one of the only consistent pieces. Um, and I would also be a, a bit shocked if they get away from him, but say he's second team all pro demands a, you know, a, a, a hefty chunk, which obviously the bears would be happy to pay. Cause they, they have it. I mean, why not? And just like you said, they want to tear down some of the building blocks and kind of trying to, trying to restart, not even restart, but you know, get some fresh faces in there. I can see that being a possibility. Right. And one thing before we move on to the draft, one name that you mentioned that you kind of glossed over, I think Jacoby Myers would be a really good fit for this team. Uh, someone who's not afraid to go over the middle, uh, tough target. He's got some size. He can play the slot, play outside. I think that'd be some, that's, I think that's something this offense is missing, so I kind of like that a lot. Yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting, especially once they start to find their targets and build out their boards. It's going to be really interesting if – I mean, they are going to be the team that's setting the market for a lot of players. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that affects other teams and where and how much they're they're giving guys. Especially like Dean said, that it's not so top heavy with this free agent class. There's a lot of depth in the middle. It could be like that. What was it like that 2013 NBA season or the 2014 NBA season? When fucking Bismack Biombo was getting oh, yeah. $80 million and Danny Green got $100 million. Um, it could be one of those years for the NFL. It'd be really interesting. Good comp. All right. Let's get to some some draft talk. Uh, before we start the mock, um, just want to go over their draft process a little bit right now. They have eight picks. Um, they obviously have the number one pick. They have four picks in the top 103. They have Baltimore's second-round pick from the Roquan Smith trade, but they like, like we said, they traded their own pick uh, – pick 33 actually in this draft it's pick 32 thanks to Miami um traded away for Chase Claypool yeah already a horrific trade I mean I don't know I don't want to call it a sunk cost yet because he was there for what six games but it's a really bad look I think he had 110 yards in total over those six games I just don't understand I I agree I, I agree not you know calling it a complete sunk cost yet because this is a guy who obviously has a, a, a tremendous amount of talent, but 
I just I don't understand for a team that was really desperately looking for that one. You know, they had Darnell Mooney, so um, and Cole Komet, a safety blanket guy and and a good guy who's going to you know be in the slotting, you know, kind of do some nice crossers. I just don't really get that considering they knew that they were paying more than you know the the Steelers got him at in, in like the mid right it was like mid to late second round they right. knew this was going to be an upper echelon second round pick <laughs> all right right um but yes all right we can go we can move forward now all right um so let's talk about this number one spot really quick before we start the mock um this is obviously a massive trade out spot that we all think and this is a good spot for them because they have a lot of teams around them that are quarterback needy. They might not have to move back too far. Houston at number two, India at four, um, Vegas at seven, Carolina at nine, and even teams like Seattle and Detroit at five and six with multiple picks could be sleepers to take quarterbacks and possibly move up for a Bryce Young, a CJ Stroud, or a Will Levis. Um, Dean, how are you feeling about the prospect of them trading? Do you think it's a necessary, and where do you think – um a trade eventually goes and what they can recoup yeah even so even though lovey smith obviously gave those gave the texans a a nice send-off and really let the bears really gifted them the first overall pick we were speculating in on the last rebuild pod that it wouldn't it would wouldn't really matter because you know chicago wouldn't go a quarterback most likely obviously you have the media talking otherwise you know, and saying that they might potentially do a, you know, a Cliff Kingsbury type of move where you just drafted what you say is your quarterback the year before in Josh Rosen, and then you go number one over, overall pick, and you still take the guy there who was Kyler Murray at the time. I, I don't see that happening here. I think this needs to be a trade down very, very desperately for them. They have the second most draft capital, uh, according to the uh, NFL trade value chart. And I mean, still with Houston at the top because they have they have a fuck ton of picks. Uh, but Chicago, you could see them trading back to you know only like three picks back with Indianapolis potentially. And according to the trade value chart, you know it's a three thousand point pick, the first overall pick, which is overwhelming. Uh, just to put it in con- into some context, the fourth overall pick is eighteen hundred, so it's a twelve hundred point drop for three picks back in the draft, which is wild. And, you know, this trade value chart is off of a ton of historical data and and really does make a lot of sense. Uh, so they would be able to get a, a pretty hefty haul for that. They would get Indy's one, um, Indy's second this year as well, maybe a, maybe a, a three or, or, or four, and then even next year's two or one. And, and it would still be plausible for the trade to go through. We, I mean, we've seen it before. So I, I would be looking for something like that with, I could see Indy being a perfect spot uh, for this trade going down, even Arizona. I mean, I, not really, I, actually. Yeah. But, uh, I, I see Indy most, mostly, but um, I don't know. It seems weird that the relationship with Kyler and I don't even know, I could see some fucking some crazy shit going down considering they, they blew up everything there with Cliff gone now. But that would be kind of what I see most likely happening. Indy trading up if they love Bryce Young, even if they wanted to, after the draft process, everyone's in love with Will Levis, and that's their guy. Say they they give a one this year, a one next year, and their second and maybe fourth this year. So a first, second, fourth this year, and a first next year. And according to the trade value chart, it's pretty even. Right. 
Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what teams are trying to move up to that to that spot. And even if Houston tries to move up that spot, how much do you actually have to give up to move up just one spot? Be really interesting. You brought up Arizona quickly. Um, really interesting spot because they're looking to unload DeAndre Hopkins. This is a good landing spot for him, I think. So you could possibly trade back with Indy, be at four, and then may- maybe trade a couple picks to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Then you just brought in a number one that you don't need to draft, and you just recu- recouped a ton of capital. Could be an interesting um, decision for them to do. But let's start with our mock draft. Um, I know we said no trades, but we're trading. I think for our intensive yeah, purposes, yeah. I mean, uh, we have to. They, they. I mean, they can obviously go Will Anderson, or you know, you know, take your pick, or you can take the Georgia D tackle. You can because they're they're anemic on the on the defensive line. It would definitely make sense. But if think about trading back to four. You have to imagine Indy and Houston are going to get at their quarterback. You still have your pick between, you know, the top, a lot of people's top two talents in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think you were saying on your, like, little uh, synopsis, I think I completely agree. I think Indianapolis just does it, nothing makes more sense than trading down to Indianapolis. Uh, I think it starts with uh, two ones and a two, and I think I can see them getting considerable, considerably more just considering how many teams are so desperate for their franchise quarterback right now. Right. Is there anyone more desperate? Obviously, the Jets are incredibly desperate. Is anyone more desperate than the Colts after they Col- just Colts and Panthers desperately, desperately, desperately failed on you know Wentz, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers? You know they they've always had a great team on paper, and they, all they needed and what everyone thought they needed was just a serviceable quarterback to get them over that hump. Ever since, obviously, Andrew Luck, you know, left in the middle of the night, basically. Kind of like a kind of like a dad who went to go get some some milk and some cigarettes and never came back. So it's that was hysterical. It's it's I can't think of anyone more desperate for a quarterback and who would just not give a fuck. Just honestly give up like next year's one and two and this year's one and two and just say fuck it. Give me Bryce Young. I'm in love with Bryce Young. I, I can see it. I mean this this fan base is yearning and they're they're hurting. Right. All right. So we are going to end up trading out of this number one pick because we do think it's the most realistic scenario. Um, and for our intensive purposes, we were talking about Indy. So I think we're going to trade with Indianapolis here. Um, so we're going to give up our one. We're going to take their four, uh, their second round pick, their fourth. Uh, Next year's one. We're going to take their one too. Think we can get more? I think that's I think that's a pretty good starting point right now. Um, maybe you, considering what you call considering some like uh, supply and demand. Obviously, we could get more, but I think that's pretty pretty realistic. The Colts are not interested in our trade. <laughs> 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 I take out take out a uh... enable auto trades, bro. What are we doing here? Yeah, go to settings. All right, okay. so that trade went through. Um, so we ended up swapping picks in the first round. We got their second, their fourth, and a first next year. Um, so we just recouped a ton of capital. Let's go back to the draft. Uh, and they, we're doing just to clarify, we're doing um, we're, we're doing, just doing the first rounds. three rounds. Yep, okay. first, first three rounds. Um, so Bryce Young went number one overall. 
Indy got their quarterback. Will Levis went number two, and Will Anderson went number three. This um, is the most realistic uh, top three I think I've seen since doing these mock draft simulators, by the way. I hate yeah. it when it, like, peppers in Brian Brissy at fucking three. I hate it. It ruins the whole thing. I need to redo it. So I'm ha- I, I agree. I'm happy that it didn't fuck up. Uh, this is Jalen Carter. I mean, yeah. Best yes. player in the draft. No, no question. Best player in the draft. And, and you know, this team, this team. Was, need. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was 31st in rush defense. They let up 157 yards per game only behind the Texans, which we talked about. It was a historically bad rush defense. So that, that's a no brainer. I right. mean, also, also, I know um, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it on Twitter or like the quote, but they, every every time I go on Twitter, I see it that Eberflus like stressed how much they need three tech in this defense, how how important it is. It's probably the most important position on the D. So I think it makes too much sense. Right. Um, so we're back on the clock at pick 35 with the Colts pick. Um, what are we thinking here? I mean, personally, I'm thinking offensive line yeah. um, or possibly Drew Sanders. I love him in this spot. I think he's a really good fit on this team, can do a lot in this scheme. Um, but there are guys like Andrew Voorhees, um, Darnell, Darnell Wright uh, from Tennessee, uh, a tackle that, that they could take. Cody Mock. I was gonna say, is my guy Cody Mock there? I think make, I think it's. I think Cody there. Mock would be would be huge for them. I mean, when you when you let up thir- more than thirteen percent sack percentage per dropback, obviously we have discussed how they could really tackle the the tackle position in uh, in free agency. But granted, they don't get their guy. Good one there, I, Dean. I, by I the way. would say Cody Mock. Yeah, you like that? I, yeah. I would say I agree. I think Cody Mock would be would be great here, North Dakota State. Yeah, some, yeah, some of these rankings absolutely suck. Yeah, there's no, like miserable, and yeah, uh, it, it, it really it makes our it makes our draft grade look bad. <laughs> this is a great this is a great pick. I love me some Cody Mock. We're gonna take yeah. we're gonna I take mean, him at 35 here. It's, I'm, t- it's I'm early. You. Yeah, go go right. I say it's early. I mean, I'm claiming him as my guy, and also I'm saying that he man he's gonna end up a first round pick. Ooh. I love it. Okay, I love some bold takes. I'm with it. I, I don't think that 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 that's that crazy. And dude, how do you not? How can you not be in love with the guy? The same way that AD patented his, you know, his unibrow when he came when he when he got into the league, the NBA. I could see Cody Mock doing the same thing with uh with the the no front teeth, which is fucking amazing. Okay, um, so we're back on the clock at pick fifty five. Um, some guys I am looking at: Parker Washington, uh, interesting fit. Honestly, I kind of like him there. Um. I kind of like the way he fits with with their team. Um, some other guys I'm looking at: John Michael Schmitz, another offensive lineman. I think he's a really good player. He could play center or he could play guard for them. Um, Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. A lot of people have him as their top linebacker. I think he's a really good player too. And a, um, I love just having white linebackers everywhere. That's great. Uh, yeah, right. Go ahead. I, I mean, I think personally, I think you got to target edge here. I think the def- the defensive line needs so much help. And I think in order to maximize a three tech like Jalen Carter, you got to get some juice off the edge as well. So uh, I'm looking Zach Harrison, obviously, is one guy who jumps out. Yeah. And um, I thought Derek Hall, too. I like him, even though I don't know how well he would fit in this scheme. I think he's more of like a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. Lucas Van Ness, like that uh, a lot. Yeah, I – I'm gonna actually assume he's not there. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I think Lucas Van Ness is probably gonna be a first rounder um, or an early second rounder. I really like Lucas Ness. He's flying up my my board. Um, Wasn't sure if he was gonna go back to to Iowa or not. Um, 
Zach Harrison. I also like uh, Eli Tailatu from UCLA, another good edge player. Um, what do you think? I mean, you know where I stand. I mean, we took Harrison in the last one. Oh, did we really? Okay. Okay. Um, We're going to take the two. Okay. Another edge. I like that. All right. So we'll get one more pick here. Pick let's, quickly, let's quickly go over what we've done so far. Um, so we took Jalen Carter with the fourth overall pick. Bolster that the middle of that D line. Right. Um, and then we took Cody Mock in the second round, pick 35. Needed to add somebody in the trenches. And then with our second second round pick, we just took Laiatu Latu, the edge from UCLA. Um, we're just increasing the trenches, fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're at pick 64 here. I mean, Lucas Van Ness sitting here is absolutely ridiculous. But um, what do we think? I think they could go offensive line again. John Michael Schmitz is here again. Um, don't hate that. Again, another guy, Jack Campbell, here for us. Um, depending on what they do with, with David Montgomery, this could be a spot for a Jameer Gibbs. I feel like uh, the way I feel like the way this team's orchestrated, I feel like they should probably wait on running back, just considering how deep it is as a position. Right. Um uh what's called LT's nephew caught my eye, Dalvin Tomlinson. I feel like he could play nickel on this team, be pretty uh pretty impactful. Or DJ even DJ Turner too. Yeah, anybody else you see, you guys see here that uh that can you, you like? uh can you filter or no? Yeah, what do you want me to what position do you want? I want to see what wide receivers are there. Same. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hyatt. I think Hyatt and Zay Flowers are probably both gone. Yeah, definitely. Um, Marvin Mims, possibly. Bryce Ford Wheaton. Yeah, uh, I do like Cedric Tillman, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not sure this high. I Xavier Hutchinson, I do like Raheem Jarrett a lot. Uh, but I think you could probably wait on him. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you wait on receiver here. What are, what are the positions you think in? Um, secondary. I think, like we said, I think they probably need some secondary help. I mean, I like I like what you're looking at as far as nickel. I really like Hodges though out of TCU. I like him as well. Hodges Thomas. Right. I think he's, I think he's got some good ball skills. A little and, undersized. He's got great, but... and he's a little undersized, so you could technically kick him inside Uh, i mean i know he's predominantly on the outside but he's a tough guy and he doesn't give a fuck what the size is in front of him he just he just wants the ball all right cool we went corner there right yeah so we went corner there um getting that's a steal getting our draft grade right now i really like what we just did for this team They they have another first in next year's draft honestly even with the, with this roster outside of them signing free agents, this team is still bad. Ooh, yikes! I, yeah, what the hell? I think I think this this draft say they get a Hopkins. I love it. They yeah. get they get a Jacoby Myers or a Hopkins, and I mean people really underestimate Darnell Mooney and then Cole Komet, which are still solid players. And then and then you you know you got to ride it with Chase Claypool. Yeah, it should be a really interesting year. I'm I'm really interested. Because people are talking about Justin Fields um, in the same capability, in the same breath. Not, maybe not as Trevor Lawrence in the last few weeks, because I think Trevor's just taken his game to a whole nother level. But in terms of young guys that you want to build around, 
people are really putting Justin Fields up there. I haven't seen it yet, especially with his passing ability. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see what they do surrounding him with weapons and getting him better protection up front and then see where his progression goes. Cause when he had all the tools at Ohio state, obviously it's a different circumstances. You have five stars everywhere. Um, he was great. He really was. I was, I was never a big field supporter, but, um, he was always dominant there. So they need to do something to, to get him more help. They have not done, uh, him any services so far. Even though this was a defensive defensive draft, I would say it's under the impression that we you know we addressed wide receiver somewhere in the free in free agency and and even interior alignment. You, you know you have you have some pieces with Cody Mock, Tevin Jank. Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot his name already. Did I say Tevin it right? Jenkins. Yeah, Tevin Jenkins, and uh, and and the left tackle, the young left tackle. Right. All right, fellas, that was a good one. Yeah. So that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our second rebuild of the franchise with the Chicago Bears. Stick with us. We're going to have a lot more draft stuff coming your way. A couple more of these rebuild episodes. We really like these. Um, as always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. And stick with us as we continue this 2022-2023 season. Fellas, appreciate you. Word. <laughs>